Good morning, I'm Charlotte Freeland from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, March 8th. In today's news, President Biden signs an executive order promoting voting rights on the 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. And the majority leader of the New York State Senate says Governor Cuomo must resign. But first, the big idea. President Biden's stimulus package passed the Senate on Saturday afternoon, and it's a big help for the poor. The Post's Heather Long, Alyssa Fowers, and Andrew Van Dam say the bill represents one of the most generous expansions of aid to the poor in recent history, while also giving thousands of dollars to help American families navigating the coronavirus pandemic. Most of the $1.9 trillion package, known as the American Rescue Plan, will go to low-income and middle-class Americans and state and local governments, with very little funding going toward companies. Economists estimate the plan will boost growth this year to the highest level in decades and reduce the number of Americans living in poverty by a third. This round of aid is likely to be felt quickly by low- and moderate-income Americans who stand to receive not just larger checks than before, but money from expanded tax credits, particularly geared towards parents. The plan also includes enhanced unemployment, rental assistance, food aid, and health insurance subsidies. But any ambitious legislation comes with economic and political risk. The bill injects the economy with so much money that some economists from both parties are warning that growth could lead to about of hard-to-contain inflation. Meanwhile, some businesses are saying that government aid has been so generous that they're already having trouble getting unemployed workers back to work, a problem that could be exacerbated by the legislation. It also lacks the bipartisan imprint of former President Trump's bills, which directed money in larger measure to companies as well as individuals. According to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, between the relief passed last year and this latest bill, the government will hand out $2.2 trillion to workers and families. That's equivalent to what the government spends annually on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid combined. Exactly how much money will you receive? That depends on a number of factors, including the state you live in, your household income, whether you're unemployed, and whether you have children or other dependents. According to an analysis by Columbia University's Center on Poverty and Social Policy, the latest stimulus is expected to lift nearly 13 million Americans out of poverty. Black and Hispanic Americans and poor families with children are set to benefit the most. Researchers predict child poverty will be reduced by more than half. In comparison, the response to the Great Recession was about $1.8 trillion over several years, and an estimated 6 million Americans were kept out of poverty in 2009 because of efforts by Congress at the time. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one, yesterday marked the 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, the day that state troopers violently beat hundreds of civil rights marchers on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. To commemorate the day, President Biden signed an executive order on voting rights, which promotes voter registration and participation. The Post Felicia Sanmez and Amy Gardner say the order comes amid a push by Republican-led state legislatures to roll back voting access and as a response to former President Donald Trump's continued efforts to cast doubt on the integrity of U.S. elections. In a videotaped address to the Martin and Coretta Scott King Unity Breakfast, Biden said, quote, every eligible voter should be able to vote and have that vote counted. 
The order directs federal agencies to develop a strategic plan for promoting voter registration and participation, including recommendations on leave for federal employees to vote or to serve as poll workers. Some states have programs to automatically register eligible Americans to vote at federal agencies such as DMVs, military recruitment centers, and Medicaid and food stamp offices. But under the Trump administration, some agencies refused to share the data that would allow states to automatically register voters this way, citing privacy concerns. Biden's executive order instructs federal agencies to relax that policy. The order also aims to expand access to voting among active-duty military as well as all eligible federally incarcerated people. It also expands voter outreach and turnout efforts among Native American communities. Biden's move comes days after the House passed expansive legislation to create uniform national voting standards, overhaul campaign finance laws, and outlaw partisan redistricting. The measure, H.R. 1, is facing fierce Republican attacks that threaten to stop it in the Senate. No House Republican voted for the bill last week when it was approved 220 to 210. The bill's voting provisions would also guarantee no-excuse mail voting and at least 15 days of early voting for federal elections. Meanwhile, dozens of Republican-controlled state legislatures are considering sweeping new laws that will restrict voting options ahead of the midterms. Some of the measures would restrict absentee balloting, while others would limit early voting. In his remarks Sunday, Biden noted that in 2020, even with the obstacles presented by the coronavirus pandemic, more Americans voted than ever before. But he also warned that the country is witnessing a never-before-seen effort to undermine the will of the people. Number two, two Democratic leaders of the New York State Assembly are calling on Governor Andrew Cuomo to consider resigning amid sexual harassment allegations from former staffers. Post reporters Merrill Cornfield and Josh Dossie say the state Senate Majority Leader and House Speaker are calling the scandal around the governor disruptive. Five women who worked for Cuomo have publicly alleged inappropriate conduct by the governor. Their statements came one day after the Washington Post reported that former aides said Cuomo created a toxic workplace with his behavior for decades. Questions have also emerged about how Cuomo's administration handled the reporting of nursing home deaths linked to the coronavirus pandemic. All of this together is just too much for the state legislature. The majority leader wrote in a statement, We need to govern without daily distraction. For the good of the state, Governor Cuomo must resign. On Sunday, Cuomo told reporters that stepping down would be anti-democratic as he rebutted some of the claims against him. He said that other state lawmakers demanding his resignation or impeachment were politically motivated and that he planned to wait for the conclusion of an investigation by the New York Attorney General. That's The Daily 202 for Monday, March 8th. I'm Charlotte Freeland. Thanks for listening.